Hey, it's Max. And I'm Henry Lin, and welcome to Better World. Better World is an exploration of badass people doing really, really cool things. The more we know about this world, the better we can do in changing it. So welcome to Better World. Max, the hostess of all hostesses. We have her here today with us. Guys, this is a really special treat because we are doing the second, uh, the second, yeah, the second and follow-up of uh, a series on recycling with our uh, favorite recycling guy, Tom, from TerraCycle. Um, Max is from Future Earth, uh, which was a uh, w- was and is um, a-, a guest on the Better World podcast. And she is here with us today to go a little bit deeper into everything that TerraCycle has been doing, some stuff on the policy side, and one of TerraCycle's new initiatives, Loop. Um, Max, welcome to the pod, and I'm really excited to have you not only co-host, but empower you to host the shit out of this particular episode. <laughs> Thank you. Super down to be here. Uh, Tom, um, when we last spoke, uh, we talked a little bit about um, uh, what you guys are doing at TerraCycle, um, and we also just tiptoed around the fact, not even really dug in three inches of water only, um, uh, around your next initiative loop. Um, would you like to start us off by telling us a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing? Absolutely. Well, it's a real pleasure to uh, to be here again. And uh, yeah, so Loop is a division of TerraCycle, and it's all about creating a global reuse platform. Uh, the idea is really that you know consumer product companies uh, can easily create reusable versions of their products. So think everything from like Hagen Dazs ice cream to Tide laundry detergent and so on, and then retailers. Uh, can make those products available to their consumers, you know, online and in store. So retailers like your Walgreens or your Tesco, Carrefour, those sort of partners. And what Loop really tries to achieve is the easiest way for individuals, manufacturers, and retailers to become reusable uh, so that we can get there quickly and we can get there at scale. So out of curiosity, um, are you familiar yet with who the user profile is for who is using loop where are you guys in the launch um uh, where have you you know sort of uh built or or, or moved to um how's loop rolled out yeah so loop started uh it was first announced uh, january of 2019 at uh, the world economic forum that was sort of like a coming soon moment and it really uh captured a lot of people's attention and then from there may of last year uh, we went live in france uh with carrefour uh, and then in the us a week later with uh, kroger and walgreens uh, since then we've also launched uh, just a month ago with tesco uh, in the uk so we're live in those three uh, countries and then canada Germany, Australia, and Japan launches are all coming up before the middle of next year. So there's quite a good amount of uh, uh, data, but what you'll notice is that uh, the retailers and then also the brands, of which there's now about 100 conglomerates partnered with Loop, are really focusing on that mass market uh, consumer, really trying to get the biggest percentage of people uh, out there. And you know, so Loop, of course, uh, tends to appeal to the folks who are already let's say, enlightened to the environmental concern uh, and care about it. But it's not really the focus of the platform. The focus is to try to get people who may not be awoke yet around the environmental crisis that we're living through and to try to meet those people where they are. So what we really try to uh, create is something that appeals to someone who may not even care about the environment whatsoever uh, uh, and get them to lean in. And so far, it's been uh, working out pretty well. Meet so them where I'm they so are. Curious. Get in there. 
I'm so curious, you brought the example of Tide. And I was just thinking like the customer who will care enough to receive the package, use the product and then mail it back. Is that person to you the same person that wants to use Tide? It's a good question, right? So, uh, uh, you know, we did launch Loop as an online platform just because, you know, online is an easy way to to begin. And it ac- absolutely asks someone to do that, which is a bit more clunky than buy it and throw it out. The the the, the next sort of big phase that Loop is entering uh, now, actually starting in a, two weeks from now in France and then uh, early next year in the US is these retailers are putting loop sections into their physical store. So you'll be able to walk into, say, a Walgreens in Manhattan, and there will be a section of your Tide, your, you know, your uh, seventh generation hand soap, your Tropicana orange juice, you know, these sort of uh, brands now in the reusable packaging forms. And you can buy it at the store. And then on the next shopping trip, you just take a bag of this stuff like garbage and throw it into the bin. Um, the idea is, because I completely agree with, 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 with your point, is the more you ask people to do, the less people you will attract. And uh, that's one of the challenges I think about reuse overall is that historically it asks people to wash out their bottle at home, take it to a store, fill it up themselves. That's, you know, a lot of extra work. And what we really try to do in every deployment is try to get as close to the feeling of throwing it away because then the person who buys Tide is going to be excited to get their Tide now, not in plastic, but in stainless steel, and that it uh, has a better uh, end of life than just a landfill or, or a recycling center. Super interesting. And it's, it's a question I have with, with TerraCycle too. What is, is it frustrating the rate at all um, of people actually not only starting with you, you know, buying the box, buying the Tide product? but actually going back and returning it. I'm wondering if there are even people who, for example, would buy a TerraCycle box and pay that money up front, but then like never even send it in or something it's like a, that. Such a, yeah, totally. Such a good question. So in Loop, I have the, the, uh, 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 the data top of mind. We are seeing so far a, uh, a 96% return rate within the consumption wow. cycle of the product. So what that means, let's say a product is supposed to last 30 days in your home. Uh, or 45 days, we are seeing 96% of all products sold returned within that window. And then 4% are, are not returned within that window. And we ask consumers, you know, are you going to return it? They all say, yeah, yeah, we are. We're just waiting for one or two other things to become empty. And then we're going to return it sort of as a, as a group, like a bag of, uh, of garbage. Go. Yeah. And I yeah. think, by the way, you know, the motivation, and, and this is sort of, you know, accepting people for maybe not the most benevolent uh, actors is they want their deposits back. You know, um, mm. uh, that, is, that is a big motivation. And then if you're going to buy an ecosystem of products, you're not just getting one deposit back, but you're getting all the deposits on all those products back. And so for, you know, if you're going to get a $30, $40 payment at the end, that's a nice economic motivator. And then sure, it's also great uh, 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 for the environment. Um, Because, you know, in the end- That's beer money. That's real beer money right there. Absolutely. I mean, in Canada, for example, where the entire country is on returnable beer bottles, there's a lot of folks who go collect beer bottles to get those 10 cent, you know, uh, payments back, right? Uh, uh, So the economic motivator is an important one and appeals to everybody. And the environmental motivator is important, but you know, women tend to care about the environment. Men, not really. You know, kids are pretty good. So it's it's not a it's not a black and white win. It feels like you have created this really tremendous middle ground. And in pre production, Max and I were talking about you um, uh, because you know you're you're kind of a big deal in the recycling space and a little bit of an internet <laughs> hunk, Tom, um, which I'm into. 
Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, we were uh, really focused on the fact that this uh, this ideal, as you said before, you know, meeting people in the middle. Um, we carry a lot, both her and I, as proponents of some of the things that we could do better. Um, of a stigma uh, around enabling people, um, you know, allowing them to continue a bad behavior, which uh, just allows the polluters to perpetuate the pollution. And I think you've created this awesome and outstanding middle ground for folks um, that helps move the economy uh, towards a more circular economy. Uh, we're not going to be able just to launch a circular economy in day one. Um, uh, we have to educate and uh, don't don't put me on the soapbox, actually. Let's get me off the soapbox real quick. Max, um, before I speak entirely uh, too much, um, would you like to jump in? Would I like to jump in? Yeah, sure. My mind's racing because like, it's, it's, it's hard to um, you know, be critical and not be overcritical. And I do this to myself all the time, especially when you're an environmentalist and you're a thinker. You, you can beat yourself up so much into a point of doing nothing, which is not where anyone wants to be. But it makes me curious to think about like if this if this model continues and grows and um, really works out, then where does the concept of well, for example, all of these cleaning companies, since we were talking about Tide, that sell you like now a concentrate or a powder or a tablet form that you mix at home because the concept of shipping a liquid that's like ninety something percent water has its own environmental impact. So I'm just curious if that's something you think about at all and if it plays into the environmental mission, the idea that, okay, we're getting rid of the packaging, but we're still shipping liquid, for example, containers far distances or anything like that. Yeah, it's a really good question. And uh, I think I want to preface because I try to anytime you know I can say loop is not the answer. It's not a silver bullet. Hmm. Frankly, there is no silver bullet uh, because the only answer is us fundamentally uh, slowing down the amount of products we buy. Uh, so the best buying decision you can ever make out there to help the planet is one where you don't buy something. And I'm a hypocrite of this. And I think uh, uh, it, it's probably the biggest human challenge that we will have to think about as we face this environmental concern you know, of, of this century, which is every environmental issue in the world. Uh, you know, the fact that we're in a mass extinction, climate change, uh, garbage, you pick the topic you care about, every single one is linked directly to the act of buying stuff. And any green product, whether it's like a loop version or you name it, is just a slightly better version of that same problem. So we have to fundamentally align ourselves on how do we buy less. Now, within the, you know, let's say the sin of buying, um, there are, if you think about uh, uh, reuse, there's a bunch of different, what I would say, modalities. Uh, and there's really three big ones. One is, and they all revolve around having a durable container. So let's just take the Tide example. You know, one way uh, that some laundry detergent companies are coming at this is they say, buy that container, keep it, and then you go to a store, fill it yourself at a refill station, and uh, uh, and then and then buy it. Another option is exactly what you just said, which is keep that bottle at home, buy concentrate, put it in the bottle, dilute it, and uh, and then uh, uh, refill at home. Loop says, which is what I do currently, yeah, by the way, and 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 it's awesome. <laughs> I think it really makes a lot of sense. 
Now, mind you, though, um, some of those models are not appropriate for some products. So, for example, doing a refill station for you know complex products like ice cream to lasagna would be very difficult in a store, or concentrating your um, you know cat food or uh, you know or uh, uh, other products may not be possible at all. So there's different places where those different models play. What Loop tries to do is basically be a system for absolutely everything. I mean, you're going to see uh, just in, I think, 10 days from now, one of the world's largest fast food restaurants launch their partnership globally uh, with Loop for reusable you know, uh, 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 packages that you may experience in their uh, restaurant, all the way to one of the world's biggest diaper companies launching reusable diapers. So there's all these different product types. And you know, we try to create a system that can really uh, embrace all of them. Now, here's the fun part is you could buy that Tide detergent container on uh, on Loop. And if you want to have, you know, a very convenient experience, you put it, you know, once it's empty, you, uh, if you bought it on e-com, you uh, have us pick it up from you or drop it off at any store. But if you want to take it to a refill station, by all means. If you want to buy concentrate and dilute it in the bottle, by all means. So you get that choice. And uh, uh, I think choice is the important part because we have to make sure we appeal to as many different people as possible, right? And some people will buy the concentrate and dilute, but many people uh, don't want to. And there's actually a really interesting study on the retail shelf is that there have been tests where a window cleaner is sold full, which is mostly water and a little bit of uh, active ingredient. And then right beside it, the same bottle is sold empty with three concentrate uh, like tablets on it. So you get three times the window cleaner, but the average consumer will always buy the full one because they perceive more value in something that has more physical weight, which is totally nonsense. It's just water. But again, I'm not going to be able to change all those consumers. So let's meet everyone where they are and give them the choice. I hear that so much. I'm just still so fixated on the idea that you're getting such a, such a success rate. Like I want to call these customers. I'm not going to obviously, but I want to call them and be like, you okay, might Max. And I fuck with that. <laughs> let's do Tom, it. Don't give her the like, numbers, but maybe you, give her the numbers. Um, you are like doing you're, you're, you're taking one big important step, but how are you like mindful enough to buy into this program and you're not mindful enough to realize the tide is full of chemicals and endocrine disruptors that pollute the earth and pollute your body and all the rest? Like it's just, it's kind of mind boggling to me. Or it, it's no. the reason that you exist. Sorry, Max. Tide. I don't mean to be. It is the reason tide. that you exist. It is the reason you and I are here because it's not that big of a stretch to recognize that some people have been educated to a certain extent. Um, and the beauty of everything that Tom's uh, saying, um, which is in his heart, it's in his passion, it's in every single piece and fiber of his companies, um, is that for the last 20 years, he's been trying to meet people where they are because mm -hmm. there, there's 7 billion people on this planet and they're all on their own individual planet. They all have their own education. They all have their own journey. Um, and it's really our responsibility to an extent, though Tom uh, does take much of this responsibility himself. Um, to marry the education that helps people connect that last mile to help them understand um, that carbon is created when you ship liquids, uh, that the chemicals are harmful for your skin, for the water table, um, for the for everybody involved. Um, but it, it's it's a slow process. I mean, the fact that Tom has built this much trust with the consumer already really empowers people like us to work with his consumer um, and to you know share his voice on podcasts like this and say, hey. Um, 
We love Tide. Um, it's a great product, but um, is it the best, honestly, the best product for the globe? Um, no, it might be the best product for your family at this time. But if you shift um, uh, those values, if if you decide that you want a cleaner product, well, there are other solutions out there. Well, and I, by the way, I want to, Max, I love your question. So please, you know, keep it at this uh, pace because it makes yeah. it, frankly, more more fun for me. Um, but here, here's a great example. Oh, like, wait I'm to say it wasn't fun before, Tom. That's fucked up. <laughs> no, 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 dude. <laughs> Sorry, I <Barnett>. love uh, <laughs> No, no, I'm but teasing, more, Tom, I'm teasing. No, but, but I, I really mean it sincerely. You know, these are, these are the, uh, you know, let's really poke and see, right? Like, so for example, I'm personally a, a vegan. I believe, you know, uh, uh, deeply in, you know, in not eating animals and all the, and all the reasons. I'm not going to go into them now. But if a uh, a beef company wants to move from single use packaging to reusable, hell yeah, let's get it done and let's take that step forward. Because what I've noticed. Uh, 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 you know, I take cosmetics. I mean, I think the, frankly, we work with every cosmetic company in the planet. They'd probably be pained to hear me say, but I think cosmetics, the whole industry makes no sense. You know, the, the, uh, I, I even actually during COVID, I stopped using starting, what was it in like, uh, February shampoo conditioner. I haven't shampooed and conditioned since then. And there's like no need for it. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 I'm going to have a very hard time convincing, you know, people out there, Hey, stop using the concept of cosmetics. You know, like my entire personal care routine is toothpaste. That's it. Nothing. More. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, so, I'm a woman, so, so don't even, yeah, definitely don't, point, don't though? tell people and don't tell women that. <laughs> right. But, but you see my point, right? Like you're, you know, you're pushing back a little bit saying, maybe I want a little this or a little that. And what I found is, is, is important is, is. I think as a business and as a movement, you know, we can, if we laser focus on one thing for, for loop, we have one enemy and one enemy only, which is single use. We're not going to pick a fight with how you eat your protein, what type of chemicals you decide to consume or put on your body, uh, or, you know, are you going to eat processed food or nutritious food, you name it. We're not going to pick any of those battles. We're going to pick one, which is single use. And we're going to laser focus on that because then we can be a global expert, we can be trusted, we can convince companies, and we can move them all in that. And hopefully, we can inspire another entrepreneur who may want to, um, you know, pick a different battle, like the battle on protein, or, and, you know, different, you know, whatever these, all these very important battles may be, like palm oil. You, there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. But I think if we can laser focus, we can actually create a shift. Because if we, if we put up too many if we fight too many battles, we, we will have a very hard time, I think, creating scale and scale with urgency. So at least that's how we've approached it. And, 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 and because of that, I mean, we've been criticized by some of the companies that we work with. And you know, to give you extreme examples, Loop is partnered with Big Tobacco. You're going to see reusable cigarettes in Japan. Now, wow. I personally think cigarettes shouldn't exist. Um, you know, the, but still, 21% of the adult population in the world smoke. 21%. That's one in five. And, you know, at least let's get them to, you know, then if they're going to smoke, which they shouldn't, you know, smoke in a package that's reusable. And then the package would even allow you to put the cigarette butts back into it. So the cigarette butts get recycled, which happened to be the most littered waste stream in the planet. Mm -hmm. So I had no you know, idea that they're made out of plastic until like a year ago, by the way. Isn't that nuts? People it's think so they're degradable. They're made from cellulose acetate. And if that probably doesn't mean anything to anyone, that is the same plastic as the plastic frame on a pair of sunglasses, for example. You are literally mm. smoking your sunglasses, people. That's right. Ew. Correct. Okay. 
So, we have to take one quick commercial break and one quick okay, commercial break shout off. out. Um, and then <laughs> Max is wired to blow, blow. Today on Better World, we would like to give a very, very, very special shout out um, uh, to one of our Better World alums uh, who has done um, some incredible work in the recycle tech space um, and uh, who is about to announce by the time this is live um, some really epic news about their growth. The Vintage Twin is an online reseller and provider of pretty badass vintage clothing. Um, we highly recommend that you purchase vintage, that you recycle, that you reuse, uh, and that you mend all of your favorite garments. Um, outside of that, if you have absolutely no idea how the duck to dress like yours truly, check out The Vintage Twin. They've got some really incredible styling options um, uh, and some automation uh, that allows for you just to show up and say, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'm into. Um, what you got for me? Style. And they'll present you with some stuff. I bought a really, really killer sweatshirt. Check them out, thevintagetwin.com. You can also check them out on episode 49 of Better Work. Um, and we are back um, with Max. And nobody wants to hold back wild horses. Max, go! Okay. So I'm just wondering about the push and pull with the corporations. Like I commend so much the fact that you've gotten these massive corporation big boys to sign up for something like this. Like I've spent the past year of my life, for example, trying to convince real estate people to adopt energy efficiency technology. And it's like a numbers game only, and they don't give a shit about anything else. And it's so hard to get them to just want to do one little thing that's good. So I think it's so incredible that you've gotten a hundred plus conglomerates to sign up for this kind of stuff and that you've tailored to their needs and made an attractive proposition for them in this territory, which nobody really does, which is great. But then long-term thinking, like where, what is the push pull like with corporations like that, where I think you would agree that like the future that you are looking to live in, that I'm looking to live in is one where we, kind of eliminate recycling altogether, for example, or to, for the most part, you know, we, we don't have these, we don't have a need for these kinds of systems anymore. So it's like, at what point do you ever feel that you're kind of giving these corporations the get out of jail free card to just keep doing what they're doing? And at what point are we really working towards the kind of future where we are just not specifically more for TerraCycle, just not creating all of this stuff in the first place, or that the corporation is taking more onus and more responsibility rather than um, the individual. Absolutely. Um, so first, I think I'm going to answer this in a number of different ways. There's sort of a lot to unpack there, but yeah, there was a lot. Loop. Sorry. No, 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 not at all. Uh, <laughs> it's a very important question. So, Loop actually, if it, if Loop got to its full maturity, TerraCycle would cease to exist. And we'd love to see that happen, right? It's uh, TerraCycle is all about recycling. Loop is all about reuse. But if you can move the word to a fundamentally reusable ecosystem, you don't need recycling. And that would be an amazing thing. So, you know, we would love to see that happen one day. Um, we also, I think, need to address this problem uh, with every tool we have simultaneously because the world right now 
is you know many different uh, people in the same country, and then especially many different countries are at different places in their journey. So, for example, uh, mm. you know, we just launched our foundation in Thailand and uh, India, uh, uh, and you know we're doing a lot of work in uh, Southeast Asia. And there, you have a lot of folks, and these are emerging markets that are just finally entering into. The consumer class, uh, which for them is lifting them out of uh, poverty and giving them access to things they never had access to before, but also creating a massive garbage problem in the process. And uh, those countries don't even have don't even have waste management infrastructure, so most of that stuff is ending up littered. Uh, not because people want to litter, because there's no other option, and washed into the ocean, and and you know, and so on and so forth. So we have to meet. All these different constituents where there are, I think recycling has to be important. We have to look at uh, uh, zero packaging where there, you know, like shampoo bars where there's no packaging whatsoever. We need to have that question on the relationship with consumption. Uh, we need to look at reusables and, and all of these things simultaneously. Now, I think to the question on corporates, um, what I have found, you know, over the past 20 years of doing this is that if I go in leading with my mission, which is I want to solve for waste, uh, then, you know, we get a meeting. And if we get some super awesome person in that corporate, you know, to, uh, to happen to be in the meeting, and they really want to fight for it, they may fight, and we get a program, but it won't scale. And it will be dependent on that person being awesome and being available, you know, like not rotating to a different role. The more we're able to empathize with the corporate's goal, uh, which may be as benign as sell more stuff, the more they're going to lean in and see these new exciting solutions as a way to win. And that's what they want to do. They want to win. They want to get market share, beat their competition, you know, and all those things. And they would love to do that, all things being equal, with things that are the right thing to do than things that are neutral or negative. Because I think fundamentally people are good people. It's just they have maybe different motivations and different goals that they have to achieve. So if we can show them that they can win through doing the right thing, they're going to want to do that and lean in. And I think we have to deploy both the carrot and stick. You know, the stick is, sorry, the carrot is what I just described, but on the stick, you know, consumers are waking up and, uh, uh, you know, we went from garbage being a problem, uh, really in 2018, it shifted to a crisis and that's now led politicians to start passing legislative uh, actions uh, uh, and we're seeing that part come as well. And I think we have to do both. Um to be able to really shift, uh, 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 you know, the landscape overall, and I think the more we acknowledge that, I think the bigger chance we can have impact faster um, than if we try to combat it. Because if we try to combat it, then we're not sort of accepting the world for what it is. Not that it's good, but we should also accept it for what it is, and then we can change it once we understand the rules and how these things behave, even if we don't really like how they behave. Um, I think that can be a really good path to to starting to get into balance. And then if we don't, nature is going to force us anyway by continuously punching us in the face with uh, uh, um, you know hurricanes and uh, uh, you know and and, and uh, a severe weather, um, disease, you name it, until we either go away or figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'm so sympathetic to meeting the customer where they're at because that is so important, especially when so much guilt and responsibility has been placed on the customer from the corporations and, you know, like the keep America beautiful campaign with the, um, fake native man and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it sucks. So we should, I have so much empathy for the consumer. I also love the TerraCycle box for plastic wrap because as, as mindful as I am, it's, it's like something you just can't avoid. It's like hidden inside the box that you thought had no plastic wrap. And then there's like 
you know, the poly bag. And that's so helpful and great. But I'm just, I'm just a little more curious about meeting a corporation where they're at and they're say and, and maybe giving them, I get the starting point has to be where they're at, but then, you know, you're three years in the game, let's say with Lay's chips and they're like, okay, great. Now our corporate responsibility is kind of checked off a box because we're maintaining profitability and we have this recycle program. Um, but they're not, they're, they're maybe they're comfortable where they're at now and they're not actually going to think about reformulating or redesigning their actual product. So like, what's the next step there? Is there any story you have of some corporation that did make that next step? I'm curious to know. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I, I wanted to distinguish between TerraCycle, which focuses on recycling, hard to recycle materials and Loop, which is about reuse, because the answer is different. So let's take TerraCycle, because mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, for example, chips. So we do work with uh, with Pepsi, uh, which owns uh, Frito-Lay to do national recycling of chip bags. And they work with us because, you know, uh, people are getting concerned about the fact that chip bags are not recyclable and want to see a solution. Now, when they work with us, they have to fund all the costs of us collecting and processing chip bags. And that becomes, you know, a pretty substantial uh, cost to them. So there is now, they went from paying nothing, no responsibility at all, to now putting their dollars and taking some level of responsibility. To be very fair to your question, we're not collecting 100% of chip bags. So I'd say it's not absolute, but it's some level of responsibility. Now there's a bill. Now there's actual financial transactions happening constantly. Externalities. Yeah, they're internalizing some of those externalities, right? And paying for it with, with the thing they understand the most, which is money. Now, You've you know asked about some case studies. We have had examples when that starts happening. Brands start thinking, "Well, shit. Either we will have to continue to fund the recycling of our hard to recycle materials, or we could redesign our product and packaging to be locally recyclable, or you know some other circular like reusable, or maybe no packaging at all." And there have been. And large number of examples where brands have done exactly that. And then they uh, don't need to work with TerraCycle any longer. They wind down the programs and we start communicating to consumers that these new packaging forms can now be recycled uh, locally. In fact, Danon uh, Yogurt in the UK did exactly that. You know, they had a, uh, a polystyrene cup. Uh, like a yogurt cup, and they had to, they launched a TerraCycle program. It was very successful, you know, collecting millions and millions of yogurt cups. And then they said, "Well, wait a minute. If we design into a different material like polypropylene, we can they can become locally recyclable." They did that, and uh, they went from a non-recyclable cup where they had a little TerraCycle uh, program on it to a fully recyclable cup, and we weren't awesome. uh, needed then anymore. So it does happen. And the nice thing is, there's now money at play, so they're starting to spend and, and seeing that on their budgets, and you know, and and there's a whole different conversation in the company than just, uh, oh, we don't have to deal with it at all. Now, Loop is different because Loop is a revenue driver for these companies. You know, it's sort of like the idea of organic is the closest proxy to Loop where, you know, organic came about because a bunch of people wanted to instill better farming practices and they cared about the, you know, the, uh, the birds and the butterflies and the, and the insects and wanted organic farming. So they went around to producers and convinced them to farm in organic ways. And then they went to retailers and convinced the retailers to support those organic products and put them on the shelf. And so was born the organic uh, movement. Um, and uh, that becomes now an incremental way to drive revenue. And this is the exact same thing with Loop, except the battle is not farming, it's uh, reuse. Now, here's the crazy irony of organic and, in fact, Loop. Do you want to guess what the number one reason people buy organic products is? Personal health? Exactly. 
has nothing to do with the freaking birds and the butterflies, which is why it was all created. They don't. They don't give at all. They care. But that's why the tide example is so crazy to me. Because it is personal. But this is the point, right? Like, you care about the chemistry there. No, 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 no. But what do people care about is it's not just health. People care when they buy products about the cost, the uh, convenience, and the features and benefits. Now, in Tide, and I'm not going to speak about whether, you know, uh, you know what the chemistry is and what it does, because I just don't know. But um, uh, I imagine people buy it because it is a really effective cleaning product and they want to get their clothes to be beautifully clean. And that is a massive feature. And I think some people put that feature as the main reason for purchasing. And then there's other people who may buy uh, laundry detergents who care mostly about what type of chemistry it's made from and maybe not care as much about the performance. And that's a choice to the individual. But that's what makes the decision occur. And uh, and so in Loop, the irony is, you know what the number one reason people come into Loop? You, it's, it's not reuse. <laughs> it's beautiful design. I Believe love it that. Or not. Yep. I, I frankly am fucking yep. pissed off about that, honestly. <laughs> I wish people came and I, I really, I was offended almost. Like I was like personally like, uh, like hurt that, the, that people were so into the design. I'm like, I get it, but you should be here because it's reusable. And then mind you, it's awesome design. And it was the exact inverse. And you know what I learned? I can't wait was, to hear the eco babies that come out of this conversation because it's not going to stop here. It's going to keep going. And, and please, Tom, um, what was the thing that you learned? Well, it's you got to meet people where they are. So if, if design is what they want, then give them design and if and and let's make it reusable unconsciously. Fine. I mean, I wish people were more Eco woke. Eco baby but number one. Meet them there. there. Yeah. Guys, um, uh, for every episode that we've ever done, uh, we have always given uh, at the end um, some suggestions to the consumer um, and some of the great teachings and some of the learnings that we have from each of the companies. Um, I would like to highlight the fact that both of you in your conversation um, have – uh, as eco warriors, um, uh, giving each other that, that valuable lesson of meet them there, um, of understand where the consumer is, um, and help move them forward. Um, but on the consumer side, for those who are listening, um, don't judge yourself. Um, it's okay wherever you are. And for whatever reasons that you're doing it, um, it's great. Uh, the innovators like Tom of the world are going to get you to do the right thing um, uh, for the reason that they hope. Um, and you might join this journey because of something beautiful. Um, and that's in inherently beautiful and great truth too. Um, what I would also highlight is that um, the idea of understanding that recycling is a stopgap, it's not a solution, um, is something that we've discussed here. Um, so educate your consumers and friends that recycling is a stopgap. It's not a solution. Moving away from fossil fuels um, uh, and fossil fuel products and from harmful products and from harmful practices and moving towards circular economies and supporting policies um, uh, and so voting for the people who support these policies um, is what is important and needed. Um, so, of course, we haven't lost sight of that in this conversation. Um, and we're all going to show the fuck up to vote. Um, and we're going to do a tremendous amount of educating ourselves beforehand. Um, uh, and that um, is something uh, also not to lose sight of. Um, it also was really, really great to hear both of you um, talk about what the future um, of this is and, and, and where and how it grows. Um, and 
Tom, because of your hard stop at 4 p.m., this is now going to become a three-part series. I've got bad news for you. Um, uh, and it's likely going to be on the future of recycling policy if you say yes. If you don't, it's going to be a really awkward editing job for our incredible engineer, <laughs> No, I look forward to it with enthusiasm. Excellent. Um, and uh, in closing, guys, um, I, I want to add some context to your conversation, a little bit of solace um, from eco and climate optimist, Anne Therese. Um, Anne Therese was also the founder of Role Models uh, and uh, a co-host uh, for Better World and alum. Um, uh, Role Models, I think, was an episode in the 30s. Um, but uh, she espoused uh, an idea recently in one of her seminars and then again on her social um, about what she calls the five D's. Um, and um, the five D's um, explain uh, the human psychological reactions um, uh, to this information um, uh, that people are receiving. Um, it, it, because um, the, uh, the present climate has done more to spark climate action um, than previously. And in some cases, it's done more um, harm than it has good. Um, and uh, the first D is distance. Um, the threat feels too far off socially, geographically, and in time. Um, and uh, I understand that um, uh, to a large extent because of some of my family members. Um, uh, the second is doom. Um, it's a message that's too hard to handle, which leads to avoidance. Um, so, uh, I see a lot of avoidance, um, uh, for people, uh, who consume in the CPG class, um, uh, who just look at every single product and they're like, oh, well, all of these are leading to the end of the earth. So, you know, why do I give a shit? Um, I might as well focus on price, my family and smell. Um, dissonance, um, was the third D, uh, hard knowledge, uh, climate change that conflicts with what we do lifestyle and leads to a downplaying of risks. Well, um, I, for one, uh, after having attempted to go fully plastic free and fully waste free, um, know that it's just, and particularly in COVID-19, um, it's really hard to integrate, um, those values and those wants with my lifestyle. Um, denial is the fifth. Um, and then, uh, acutely enough identity, um, uh, denial is a fourth and identity is a fifth, excuse me. Um, identity, our perceived place in society outrules our radical thinking. So we follow what seems to be the social norm. Um, Maxwell, I know that this is no salve um, uh, to the divine feminine rage, um, which you not only embody in this spouse, but which I absolutely worship in you. Um, I think that the more that we uh, start these conversations and seek to embrace um, people where they are, uh, as Thomas suggested, and seek to understand some of these things, um, the more we're going to develop strategies and solutions um, to help them move forward. Um, and in doing so, Tom, um, I would love to hear your thoughts again on uh, policies um, and where, where this grows in the future um, and where you guys are growing. Because you've been studying this problem for 20 years. You are an absolute G at it. Um, and we would love to hear more and share more um, with our listeners uh, about what that future looks like. Um, so, uh, Max, are you in? To talk policy, I will talk policy all day. I already have like 10 burning questions for next time that I'm going to have to save. We are too excited for words. Tom, we look forward to talking with you again um, uh, and uh, continuing the series um, and talking about the future of policy. Um, we hope you will join us. Oh, I I'm look saving forward to my it. last burning question. 
<laughs> we got to have Stay one tuned. just to kick it yes. off. You know? Yes, absolutely. Well, Henry and Max, guys, it's been such a pleasure. And I really look forward to, uh, to the next time we get a chance to chat. Wonderful. I am Henry Lin and Max, you I'm are Max. a legend. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and this has been Better World. Um, uh, join us again next time. Um, and here, uh, you can make the world better. <laughs>